0: So, pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to Culture Check. The Tailgate Society Podcast. Please check the tailgatesociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods, and I'm joined, as always, by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? It snowed in Austin this week. That's, like,
0: unheard of. So that's... I have to share it with everyone because it snowed, like, a quarter of an inch.
1: Now, you told me they shut the city down, right?
0: They, like, were like, don't leave your house if you don't have to. Like, basically, what the... COVID protocols are like don't leave unless you need to because people don't know how to drive here. Like I'm sure in Iowa if it snows uh Des Moines doesn't like shut down.
1: It doesn't, but there's still a lot of people who don't know how to drive in snow here. Which is amazing. Fascinating to me because this is Iowa, you should be prepared for the sort of thing. I've lived in Iowa since I was like 5 and it still boggles the mind how many people are unable to drive when I mean, it's, it's, um, it's different for us up here because it, it, when you start getting to like three and four inches, that's when people are just like, yeah. don't know what, they, what they're doing. But I mean, down there, it's like a half inch and it's just like, it's chaos. It's,
0: it's, mass it's not even chaos. a half inch. It's not even a half inch yet. Like, it, it didn't even make it to half an inch. So it like starts snowing and people just like don't, they don't know what to do. Like, I 35, what a terrible, what a parking lot all the time.
1: So we're, we're
0: all up and down 35.
1: We're recording this on a Thursday night, and there's actually, we are in a a winter storm warning now. I think that starts actually at at 10 p.m., so a little, we have a little bit before it it gets to that point, but yeah, it's supposed to be, I mean, for us, it's mostly the winds, really high winds, in addition to, I don't know, maybe five or so, five or six inches of snow, so not great, but, you know, we'll manage, we'll manage, the, the city will trudge on.
0: Will kids get a snow day?
1: I am not sure. It depends on where you are because not all of our school districts are back in school anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll. I've seen on the ticker some schools, some of the rural Iowa schools who are um, back in person. Like, you see the ticker on the different news channels about the schools that are going to be closed tomorrow. So I've seen some of those. And they're so... Shout out to Diagonal. Diagonal schools. Ever since I was a kid, you can bet on if there's any snow at all, diagonal is going to be closed. And I used to be like me and my friends, we would always watch the ticker praying that it would say the morning public schools closed or 30 minute delay or whatever else it is. It never happened, but diagonal, you know, if it's a little bit cloudy, if it's partly cloudy, diagonal is like, they're going to shut down the schools. It's wild. I don't know.
0: That sounds like Austin. It snowed on Sunday. The snow was melted Monday. It was a snow day Monday.
1: Unbelievable. (laughs) That's it's the South.
0: It is it is the South. Like I have family in Alabama and there was a couple of years ago, there was a threat of snow. The snow had not even like fallen the threat of snow. And they're like, Oh, we're going to have to have a snow day. I'm like, what? It threatens to snow all the time in the rest of the country. And we still have to, I had walked like, we had to go to school. It'd be like negative 20 with snow on the ground. And they're like, yeah, we're not canceling classes. And someone slipped and fell and, like, died in the cold, we still had to go to classes. Like, what?
1: This is like when, they, when your grandparents tell you that they drudged up the mountain <laughs> yeah. in eight feet of snow and still had to go to school. That's, what it's, that's the vibes you're giving off. And, honestly, I respect it because I'm the same way. That's what I'm going to tell my <laughs> kids whenever they have snow days, whenever they have the 30-minute delays, I'm going to be like, listen, we never had that. We had yeah. to put coal in the furnace just to keep it. Okay. I'm not going to go that far, but you know, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a, I'm a give them shit for it for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, you earn that right to like get to say that to your kids. Like if you genuinely like live through it, like if you genuinely are like, yeah, no, we never got snow days and we actually had to walk in the snow. Like, yeah, you get to complain about it. And like when kids are like, Oh, there's barely any snow. I can't walk in this. Like, yes, you can put on some boots, wrap up in clothes, like, I'm hoping that I live somewhere warm, so I, that never is even a thing that I have to deal with. But, like, should it happen? Yeah, like, like mm, you think it's hard. Think about the kids in Minnesota, where they have to walk uphill both ways in the snow and sometimes go over a lake. I don't know if that's actually true. Obviously, I've spent no time in Minnesota.
1: I mean, it sounds like it's true, so we'll just go with it.
0: Yeah. Keep, like
1: the kids don't know any better. Yeah. no we'll we'll use it to talk about we'll, we'll use it to talk down on their generation as all the generations do yep so
0: love it i'm here for it um all right so you you all didn't really come here to listen to the weather but uh <laughs> the weather is like really what folks can talk about given the world we live in um so having said the world we live in we've all been binge watching shows so we are going to jump into a new series of talking about different TV shows and we're starting with Watchmen the Watchmen that came out on HBO in 2019 um starring Regina King
1: what a show to talk about speaking of what we're living through now yeah Ooh. um I'm, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you about this about this show do you want to kind of give give the the listeners the synopsis of of Watchmen
0: yes so there's no relation of Watchmen, the TV show, to the movie. I mean, like, it's the same but different. Um, it's not trying to build off of the movie um, because I guess the movie tanked, and I, uh, I would assume it did. I fell asleep every time I watched it. Um, so this show takes place 34 years after the events in the comic series. So big comic book fans, I'm sure they loved this. Um, in the comics, alternate history of the 20th century vigilantes, like, were once seen as heroes, were outlawed due to their violent methods, which, w- if you've listened to us talk about Batman, uh, we're like, ah, you know, is it questionable to be doing this, to be a vigilante? So, in um, 1985, Adrian Veidt, um, formerly known as the Vigilante Osmandias, uh, created a fake attack on New York City with um, a squid-like alien that resulted in millions within New York being killed, um, and coercing nations to work together against a common threat to avert to avert a nuclear holocaust. And so Veit's actions were um like his fellow companion or former companions were not super happy with it. So um with Rorschach planning to tell the world of Vite's misdeeds before he like was vaporized by Dr. Manhattan who had left the planet, um Rorschach had sent a journal to be published beforehand so that's like kind of going into the show that's like the the backdrop so then the show takes place in uh 2019 in tulsa oklahoma um and there's a white supremacist group called the seventh calvary and they're inspired by rorschach's writings and masked image um and like they As expected with a white supremacist group, um, they wage violent war against minorities and the police um, that enforce special reparations for victims of racial injustice. And then um, they, in the show, discuss, like, in the past, in 2016, um, an event that came to be known as the White Night. Um, The cavalry attacked the homes of 40 police officers working for the Tulsa Police Department. Um, and those who survived, only two stayed with the force. Um, one is Detective Angela Abar, and the other is Police Chief Judd Crawford. And um, as the police force was rebuilt, laws were passed that required police not to disclose their profession and like, to help them protect their identities while on the mask. So they were, or while on the job, so they wore masks. Um, and that includes allowing for costume police officers, which you know kind of goes back into that vigilante. Type uh, look and then um, as Crawford's police force attempts to crack down on the 7th Calvary, um, Angela Barr finds herself in the center of two competing plots to kidnap Dr. Manhattan who has been working with Hooded Justice the original uh, the original mask here who survived the Tulsa massacre so um, the show picks up like it starts with showing who Angela Abar is when she kind of wears a mask and like um, is a detective, and like what she views or like what you're kind of seeing as like the big conflict is um, the Seventh Cavalry, and she they're just trying to take them down. Like that's all the like their the, the focus seems to be on that, and so as the show goes on. Uh, all those different plots are like unfolding to kind of wrap up at the end into a nice little
1: box. So are we going to do spoilers on this?
0: All right. So there will be spoilers because we, I don't think we can talk about the show without spoilers. And I have a question that is a spoiler. So spoiler alert, if you have not watched Watchmen and uh, you do not want to hear the spoilers thank you for listening i think this counts as a listen um, at this point (laughs) so we love you we'll see you next week for another tv show
1: so yeah i I, let's 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 get into it a little bit um it was interesting just right off the top you talk about the movie because it's not it's not a remake of the movie the movie is the, the movie is a remake of the of the comic have you read the comic
0: I have not read the comic and I came to understand like what happened in the comic from watching Watchmen, like watching the TV series and just like looking things up and talking to my roommate where I'm like, Oh, I don't understand like what's happening here. And like, why this is so significant. Like that is the only way.
1: Yeah. So the movie is like almost, it's a pretty faithful adaptation. Of the comic, I read the comic when I was a junior in high school, and I've read it a couple times since. And it's very dense, and there are some allusions to the comic and the TV show. But when they announced the, the show, when they announced that HBO was was doing a Watchmen TV show, like I wasn't really sure what to think, and I was like, I was thinking. That they would that it would be like the movie that they would like um do episode by episode and kind of go through the book, but it's not it's like what you said like the the show is like a logical extension of okay if if the events of Watchmen actually happened, like this would be the aftermath of it thirty plus years later, which I was not expecting. maybe if I had read closer about what the show was going to be about, I would have known that, but I, I went into it essentially blind in that way. And it was just not what I was expecting. And it makes sense. Like the show was created and developed, I think by Damon Lindelof, who had done shows like, you know, he's famous for doing lost. And then he did the show, the leftovers on HBO, which I didn't watch, but, um, you know, he's, he's a movie writer, he's a TV writer. And he has this idea for what the world would look like if, um, you know, the last thing that happens in something the, the most brilliant thing that he did, I think, is that, you know, the, the the comic ends with a newspaper getting Rorschach's diaries, right? Like that's how the the, the comic ends. Hmm. And it's like implied that okay, all the stuff that he had seen and had witnessed with, you know, Ozzy Mendes releasing the the um, the squid into into Times Square, and like a lot of people die, and all this like you know the mass conspiracy stuff which is you know which is integrated into the show. that's how the book ends. The book ends with that with the implication that you know every the world is going to know what really happened based on Rorschach's perspective and what he wrote down. and so the the most brilliant thing that the TV show did was take that and spin it into the concept of the Seventh Calvary. Uh, which was is this like white supremacist super conspiracy fueled thing? Um, I just thought that was really brilliant, and that makes a lot of sense because Rorschach is not a a good character. You know, the the comic starts from Rorschach's perspective. He's if you if you watched the movie, you know, he's investigating the death of the comedian, and you know, he's I think that Rorschach. I've read that. Um, Warshack is like a commentary on someone like Batman. um watchman was written by Alan Moore, and um it was like you know the vigilante, but like what if the vigilante's like a psychopath what if what if Batman were like an extreme like would kill indiscriminately psychopath and so to to take that to take his diaries and to um, put it in the context of you know people reading this stuff and like being super afraid and concerned and um made extremists by these by these conspiracies and they become like to the max like white supremacists I thought that was just really really brilliant so that's that was my overall impression of the show when I first started watching it It was just I was blown away because it wasn't what I was expecting it to be what were your thoughts I guess when you first were getting into watching the show
0: so I didn't watch the show when it originally came out um it wasn't, like, a lot of shows, I'm like, oh, like, I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Um, and I had listened to an interview that Regina King had done with Sam Sanders, who hosts the NPR podcast, um, It's Been a Minute. And I was like, yeah, like, I this sounds like something I'd want to watch. And, like, uh, for the most part, like, if someone goes on to It's Been a Minute, I'm like, yeah, I need to, like, read that book or... Um, listen to their music or watch their show and I was like man the show sounds very different from what I would expect from Watchmen based off of like what I knew of Watchmen what I knew of that movie where I was like man this I I can't make it through this movie and I was also I wasn't super young but it would I think it was before I was in high school that it came out so I was like I don't really know what's like Politics of this, I don't really care, but watching the show and the tie-in to modern day issues, where it's like very tangible. If it's like this is a white supremacist group, as opposed to just like some random group that doesn't like some other group, and it's like an arbitrary group that like is made up. Um, this is very very real and, like, them showing, like, Tulsa and, like, how it was destroyed, like, Black Wall Street. So, like, the historical piece of it where it's, like, oh, this is this is something that we should probably learn in schools, Um but we don't. And it's super disappointing that a lot of people are learning about Tulsa from Watchmen and from, like, other TV, like, other pop culture they're like oh like this happened it's like this happened and it didn't happen that long ago like this isn't hundreds of years ago like this happened this is fairly recent in the grand scheme of things so I thought that that tie-in and like this grounding it in something very real such as what happened in Tulsa and then the fact that a white supremacist group like very very much could get a hold of um Rorschach's you know, ideas and like run with it. Like that, that is not too far fetched. And I think that made it even more attractive of a show as I started watching it. Cause I'm like, yeah, like this is very reasonable. And this is like, it's a well done story. It's very tight. And there's all these other storylines. And I think that might have been my where I was tripped up the most was like, oh, why are we going to this man who's in this mansion? And he has these two servants, like those were the parts that it was a little bit harder to follow, like what exactly was happening. But by the end, it all came together. And I was like, I was very impressed with the show.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because like there's so many, there's so many like brilliant things happening at once. And, you know, the show is just like the show, the show is very different from the book in that. I mean, there are similarities there. I'm talking about thematically now because so you 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 talked about Regina King, who is just amazing in the show. She's amazing. And she's like um, she carries the show. She's an amazing actress. I was watching the show and I was like, I didn't realize how attracted I am to Regina King. This is pretty crazy. Um, but she she's just like incredible in the show. She's just she holds everything together. In her performance, I think that she won, did she win an Emmy for it or a Golden Globe for it? I can't remember which. She definitely got
0: nominated. Yeah. Everyone on HBO got nominated.
1: Yeah, she's just, she's amazing. She, it was well deserved nomination. I'm pretty sure she won something for it. I hope she did because she's, she's just really incredible. Um, But the thing is, so like the the book Watchmen is, One of the largest themes of Watchmen is that superheroes like suck. <laughs> like superheroes are not good people, and they're not good for society. And there's a lot of that thematically in a TV show. But for all intents and purposes, the show is about Regina King, who plays you know Sister Night, and she is a good person. She's altruistic. She is. Um, I mean, she's not. She's not squeaky clean, like perfect person, obviously. But she's like she is a good person. She's a fundamentally good person. And the book Watchmen is like superheroes are mostly like fundamentally bad people. So people like the comedian who is like, um, you know, he's, um, like a psychotic, like, um, loves killing, but is hired by the government to like fight in Vietnam. And, you know, I'll save the talk about Dr. Manhattan, but Dr. Manhattan is like a commentary on, you know, nuclear war and escalation and, um, you know it's it's uh you know Adrian Veidt as Odyssey Mendes is just like you know he's a really bad person who believes that he's doing the world a favor by his intelligence and like I'm just gonna kill a bunch of people in order to save the world like uh you know the 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 purpose of the book Watchmen is really in, in you know Watchmen came out in the '80s which was you know towards the end of the Cold War and. But there's a lot of, you know, that era of, you know, Superman and Batman and all those people, you know, comics were really popular then, comic book movies are really popular now. And so to have this sort of, this really dense, sprawling, epic comic book about the lives of, of, of costumed heroes and how fucked up they are and how they're really they harm society more than they help it like that's a really interesting thing to put out into the world at that time and then now at this time as well um you know the watchmen tv series isn't really about that though the watchmen tv series is more about how powerful people um can do a lot of bad things in the world not necessarily powerful costumed heroes but like how a lot of people who are who hold the levers of society um can do a lot of damage to to large groups of people at once. So it was, it's, it's a, a lot of like brilliant commentary just on, on different levels and in different ways. And it's really, it's, it all kind of fits together um, like a puzzle in a lot of ways, but it's, it's really um, just a, a testament to how great the book is and how great the, the TV series is. And the last thing I'll say on, on that part, point is that it's really hard Like, that's a really hard book to make into a movie, which is why I don't think that the movie really worked. Mm. Um, It would have been better served as a TV series. But the TV series that we got is so much different from the source material, but is really inspired by the source material and it's brilliant in its own right. So I just think that that's like super dope the way that it actually ended up uh, working.
0: I agree with that. It didn't feel like a superhero show right like it feels like i don't even know i'm like oh, i almost feels like real life because the issues with like the police officers where like so i watched this over the summer it was free in june to watch
1: mm, okay um, Yeah.
0: after you know Everything that happened in June, HBO was like, here, watch Watchmen, learn something. I don't know. And so, you know, it's June 2020, all eyes were on police officers. And it's kind of in the, you know, how in Watchmen, police officers have to call in to be able to use a gun. And like, obviously in the United States, there's an issue with police brutality. And so it's like, oh, you know, should it be a situation like this where like police can't just shoot their gun? And um it's it's like wild to see where we were in June to where we yeah. were last week, where it's like, oh man, like police are being um not I'm sure not every police officer felt threatened last week, but, like, a good number were probably, like, oh, man, like, we're being attacked by some white supremacists. So, like, to look at those two different months and, like, look at this show in that it's, like, wow, um, the show remains very culturally relevant even though it came out almost two years ago.
1: Yeah, I think that the best pieces of, like, art are able to be relevant for the time in a way that um, people aren't really expecting. And it's such a subversion, right? Like in, in the TV show, the cops have to wear masks. It's not, yeah. you know, the, because the cops are afraid of retaliation from people. The, the cops are afraid, live in fear of being killed. Like you don't, people don't tell other people that they're cops because if, you, if it's known publicly that you're a cop, then you're a target. And that's such an inversion of, you know, the fear that black people live in of police officers where, you know, you feel like you can get killed at any time because you can. the reality is that you can get killed at any time without any repercussions. Um, you can get killed by police officers at any time without repercussions. So it's such an inversion to to do it that way. And that's, that's really brilliant. And you talked about what happened at the Capitol last week. And you know I've seen some tweets about i've seen that there's a tweet going around where it's like you know the reason the KKK wore hoods is so that people couldn't tell who they were, so you can you know so they couldn't be put on a no-fly list or they couldn't you know be fired from their job at the library or whatever like what's happening now um so to 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 live in that context and then to watch a show like Watchmen where you know the chief of police has a clan hood in his in his closet. Right. Like it's just it's it was very prescient and just really, really culturally, you know, they had their, their finger on the pulse of what's of what's going on right now. I know that you have the outline talking about Judd, who it was a shock to me that he ends up you know, he's he's played by Don Johnson and he ends up dying at the end of the first episode. And like a lot of the story is, is around surrounds his his death. Um, what did you think about that character?
0: So it- at the beginning of the show, like, watching the first episode, I'm like, oh, like, this guy is, you know, a good guy. He he wants to do the right thing. And it seems like because of the context of, like, the police, like, they are scared to be, like, oh, I'm a police officer. That it's, like, yeah, to to do that, like, you're not trying to necessarily abuse the power that comes with it. Um it's not, like, a, a selfish grab. Like, it's not... I don't view it like that in this show. And so then, you know, it makes sense when he's going out and, like, he has, like, protection. And I'm like, yeah, like, of course. Like, he's the police chief and, like, he's very open about... Like, as open about it as he can be. And for him to, for it to come out that he's, like... He has a clanhood, hood. I'm like, oh, my God. Like that peak modern day racist, like a closeted racist. Like, obviously you have the people who are like, proudly like, Oh, the Confederate flag is my heritage and all of that. Like nonsense. But like the people where it's like, it's not quite the get out vibe where it's like, um, the, the white liberal, but right. like he, he's just like, he seems to be a good guy he's like he's nice to like Angela and like all these people so he doesn't seem to have like any of the the behavior that one would associate with someone like his language isn't um like the low-key racist comments that people make whether they mean to or not like there are plenty of people who exist that like will say things like oh you speak so well and it's not like they're trying to be racist but like what they said was like very racist right and so like you can correct that and like he doesn't have that so then when it's like oh no you're like really racist (laughs) um it's like i i think it moves the plot forward and it's like important it's an important plot piece um because then like angela has to work through that but yeah. I don't, what did you think about him having the Klan hood and like, did you see that coming that he would be.
1: It's a, it's yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty. Um, heavy metaphor. Pretty, you know, it, it hits you over the head. Pretty, pretty, it's a pretty blatant metaphor, right. Where it's like, like you said, like they have Angela and Cal over to dinner at their house and, uh, Angela and Judd are pretty close right like they're very it's almost like a father-daughter type relationship and yeah. she's really devastated by his by his death and you know as she's investigating it she finds the the, the clan outfit in his closet and it says it's a pretty yeah pretty pretty blatant metaphor for you know black people who have these relationships with white people and are very close to them or exist in the same spaces as they do and it's all good on the surface, but when you dig a little deeper, you see um, and, and you experience how um one how important whiteness is to 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 white people um and how um how sinister um some of the some how sinister it can be, how sinister some Uh, white people can feel about you and you but it's not in in, they treat you well and you're very cordial and you're you're very close to them you have close relationships but um you know it's 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 the metaphor of you know dig a little bit deeper beneath the surface surface and you see some really some really evil sinister shit and um and then the the next Part of that is, like you said, Angela dealing with that and processing that and coming to grips with this person who she thought she knew, she didn't really know. And um, I wasn't expecting him to, I wasn't expecting this, the story to hinge on his murder. Um, it's, it just shows how how much the story went in different directions that I wasn't anticipating, but it was um, really well done, I thought. And the the, the deeper sort of mysteries... Surrounding that, and then the um, how it affects the different characters, and and how it pushes the story forward. What did you think of? Um, so you, you mentioned Tulsa, and I mean, we could spend uh, three podcasts on that. But like, I was really struck by. Um, so it it takes place like now or in the in the distant future or whatever, but like, you know, family bonds and generational bonds between characters is a really important piece of the story Mm -hmm. and you know the idea that you could go to this you know um you know this center where you can type in your name and then your family tree comes and you can see like generations back like that's a really um that was a really interesting and powerful story advice to me. What is you, what do you think about that, about the, you know, um, Angela's grandfather and just like all the, the family part of the, of the story.
0: I I liked it. Like I thought it was really important for the story. Like it, again, rooting it back into almost real life, right. Where like, we know that Tulsa is a real place. We know that like the massacre happened and like yeah people lived and like what would have happened like where would someone be like that today and so um I think having it where it's the general like it, it tying them together like her coming back to Tulsa like her ending up in Tulsa and then her like both of them being masked vigilantes like I think it's important that they like have that tie and they have like they're working towards like a common purpose like within a show, I think that's important, um where it's like, oh, like you you and your your family like share this kind of unique experience, and like you come back to the same places where you can like like I'm sure he relips some not good parts, and so it's like he can share that, and like I'm, like he shares it not um verbally like she takes those those pills and like experiences all of his memories and i think that makes it like even richer for her being back in tulsa like it it just like gives a greater weight to it
1: yeah i agree and it's it's that episode is just incredible where she's like experiencing his life and the, the different stages of his life and to me it's just like that kind of taps into something i'm really interested to maybe I should do some research on the writer's room because I just feel like that's such a, to write an episode like that, to have that be such an essential plot in the or essential part of the, of the plot of the show that really speaks to the black experience to me where it's like, you know, we are, are a lot of times we're like desperate to know more about our family lineage. Yeah. Um, I, one of my sister's best friends, Um, does like genealogy work on the side and so she did something for us a few months ago where she traced our our family tree back through um, my grandmother my my dad's mom and that was like just you know reading we uh, she was able to trace it back to our first ancestor who was here from slavery In Virginia. And like, that was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. And so the idea that you could in the show, go to this place and point to your family tree and, you know, you could trace your lineage back. And then you could also take a pill that will allow you to experience your grandfather's life and, you know, walk in his shoes and see his successes and his failures and his fears and all that stuff like that's a really, um, I just felt like that was a really that tapped into something that a lot of black people desire and, and wish that they had, because a lot of our, a a lot of us just don't know that much about our, our family history because of slavery and because of the um, lack of records kept due to that. So I thought that was just really, really cool and really integrated. Like that's a really central part of the story. So I thought that it was just really incorporated. Well, it
0: it was a really cool idea. Like, I very much enjoy Ruth. She could just be like, oh, I'll just, like, look up this person and, like, look up my, like, family. I'm like, wow, I can't imagine just doing that just being like, yeah, I'm going to, like, look up my family. Or, like, you know, when folks would go to New York and you can go to Ellis Island and, like, look up your family that came over and signed. I'm like, wow, that's uh, to do it in, like, a a modern way and to, like, be able to see the tree, like, actually see this tree where they could trace it back. Like, that was really neat
1: I wanted to talk to you about Dr. Manhattan yeah and uh that twist
0: yeah did you you see it coming
1: no I didn't okay Okay. (laughs) I um I did not so I, I I figured going back so a little bit to Ozzy Mendes um Adrian Veidt being on uh, I don't know where he was. He was on one of Saturn's moons or something Jupiter's like that. Jupiter's moons. Jupiter's moons. But he, there was like the
0: warden and like, yeah. there's so much happening with him.
1: So I kind of figured that that was him Um, after a couple okay. of episodes. But like, with, as far as Dr. Manhattan being Cal, like that completely, I did not expect that at all. Um, Obviously in the comics, Dr. Manhattan is not black. And I mean, in the show, he's really not, like it's, you know, it shows him in his flashback, like he's like a young, you know, Jewish kid and in, in the comic, he's just, you know, he's, um, he grows up to be a scientist and he gets stuck in like a particle accelerator or something like that. And, you know, it transforms him. Um, but for him to decide to take on a black body was pretty, I mean, that's pretty significant. Like he's, um, he's a pretty godlike, all powerful figure. Um, that accident transforms him into someone who can like manipulate atoms and like he, his powers are basically limitless and, um, you know, for good and for bad. I think that in the in the comic, it would argue mostly for bad. But the the decision to give someone with that level of power um, to make that that person a black person is pretty that was pretty um, subversive and pretty, pretty amazing to me. What did you think?
0: think that was why i would not have expected him to be uh dr manhattan like i for a lot of the show i was like oh i guess maybe he is like on the moon or like he's missing or he's hiding or maybe he is the game warden like i none of the the guesses were cal and um and it's interesting, like, when they do that the episode where it shows Cal and Angela meeting and, like, everyone is, like, dressed up as Dr. Manhattan. And so she's like, oh, yeah, you're Dr. Manhattan. He's like, yeah, I am. Um, and he, like, tells her the future and all of this stuff. And then eventually he, like, hands over the power of his, like, bait temporarily to her where he's like oh we can like be together but like eventually I'm gonna have to be Dr. Manhattan again and so it like almost humanizes him after all these episodes of Dr. Manhattan being talked about as like this being who is like kind of far away and like not not wanting to be found not wanting to deal with people like just kind of hiding away and where it's like oh like is he even alive so then for them to like show the story of where he talked about growing up and then like them becoming a couple and him basically becoming cow like it as someone who's like not read the comic i'm like oh like he seems like he's a good guy But then it's yeah. like, oh, but like his power, like what you see when, right before he gets captured, and he's just like vaporizing people's heads. I'm like, oh, yeah. like he might not be a good guy.
1: Well, it's interesting the way that he's used in the comic because it's basically like a commentary again on like nuclear proliferation. And, you know, they, there's a, a part in the comic and it says this in the movie too, where it's like the Superman is real and he's American. Um, even though his powers are like way more than Superman's but like he's he's usually he's essentially a tool of the U.S. government. like in the Vietnam War
0: yeah
1: right like in that alternate history where he goes and just like I mean you can vaporize entire like villages so I mean we're gonna win that war and it's so interesting the way that the show does it because like in that version like America wins the Vietnam War quickly because of Dr. Manhattan and then America like colonizes Vietnam and Mm -hmm. it's it's just a lot but like it's such a subversion because and also in the comic he has a relationship with um like laurie who's played Mm -hmm. by gene smart in the in the tv show like the older version of laurie yeah and there it's such a a a large part of their of his storyline is like him and laurie and like him and laurie are you know dating or whatever and he becomes less and less human and he becomes less and less like wanting to become entangled. Um shout out to Jada. Uh <laughs> with um I had to. Uh he, he he becomes less and less like enamored with human life. And he's just like he he's becomes distant and there's like a part of the comic where he's like he can create multiple Bodies for himself, basically, and there's like a a part in the comic where there's a lot of like there's a lot more sex in the comic than there is in the t v show but like there's a part in the comic where like they're about to like have sex basically, but she like realizes that it's not really him, it's like one of his like he's off doing something else at the same time, and so it's just like you know he's there it's not he's not intimate enough for her, not just physically but like emotionally and like all that stuff and so he ends up leaving. He goes to Mars because he doesn't want to deal with humanity anymore. And she has to, like, convince him to come back to Mars, to come back f- to Earth from Mars so that um, they can stop Adrian Veidt, basically. And so it's it, it such a subversion for in the TV show, like, he chooses to, like, he loves this Black woman so much that he chooses to give up his powers for her and live as a human for her. Like, it's the complete opposite of what his relationship with Laurie is. And I thought that that was just really, really powerful and really interesting that, you know, in the comics, this central relationship with him and Laurie is such where she has to, like, beg and plead for him to, like, be present with her and to help to, you know, she has to, like, beg him to see the value of humanity. And he, like, barely does it at the end versus his relationship with angela where he's so completely in love with her that he chooses to be a human and forget that he's dr manhattan for her i just thought that was really dope
0: i like that i like that it was an unexpected part to the story
1: it was it is um, yeah it's completely unexpected
0: which like for me it added to it because i'm like oh man i didn't expect this to happen i didn't expect i didn't expect him to get caught um even though he like says it's going to happen i'm like oh maybe he's wrong like maybe he really can't because he's like willing to be with angela and like give up his powers for a little bit like oh maybe he was wrong and um it just it was it was an interesting way to play it and i'm i'm glad they did it that way it added to the story and made it I don't know. I feel like the storytelling would not have been the same. People wouldn't have been as like, oh, like Watchmen, if there weren't the plot twists that were throughout the show, but also just like reframing like, oh, Dr. Manhattan could do this and he could choose this. And like, it doesn't have to just be. And in terms of like a love story, like it doesn't have to look a certain way and Someone could choose to be, you know, I, I don't know if anyone actively is like, yeah, I'd choose to be a black American man um, in this economy. Um, someone might and like, okay, cool. But um, in in the context of the show, I'm like, oh, like, that's a big, because, like, they look at different bodies and she's like, how about this one? And he's like, okay. Like, he's just so willing. So it's right. uh, it's and it, it's not just that he's willing and like I mean, obviously he has all the powers ever, right? So he could easily if someone were to attack him, he'd be fine. But like he's he's forgetting that he's Dr. Manhattan. He's choosing to be a black man. And before doing this, like he understands like he's he knows everything. So he knows that like it's not a good time to be a black man. Like it's it's not like 20 years ago it was any different than now like he he knew that it wasn't great but he still chose to do it and that's a like a very good storytelling piece
1: they do a good job of incorporating like that part from there it's it's in the comics the the fact that he's like experiencing time differently than everyone else and he's Mm -hmm. experiencing like all different like past present and future all at the same time which is really hard to do in a TV show. Like it's easier to do. And, and I mean, it's harder to write it or it's hard to write it still, but it's easier to write that than it is to, I think, portray it Yeah, live action. And I think they did a, a good job of that. The last thing I'll say is that I, about Dr. Manhattan based on just going off of what you said, the, the great points that you just made is that I think, I think that it's, it's kind of, of a piece of the last four or five years in storytelling where you know, what are fantasy stories? Fantasy stories are what we aspire to What or, or what we wish would happen. Yeah. Um, you know, our reality is so, you know, fucked up. We wish that this fantasy would happen instead. And so what's more of a fantasy than an all powerful black man where mm-hmm. our all powerful black person where it's so, you know, we're so vulnerable. We're so, um, uh, you know, we're, we have such a target on our back by society, by police or whoever else Our you know, our minds are vulnerable, our emotions are vulnerable, and certainly our bodies are vulnerable. And so, you know, Black Panther was created in the 60s, but like, you know, in 2018, really, I mean, the, the first, he, he started in Civil War in, in 2016, but, you know, 2016, 2017, you have a bulletproof Black person and Black Panther, Luke Cage, yeah. you know, the TV show is, you know, uh, also based on a, on a Marvel comic person, you know, the bulletproof black man. And then this Dr. Manhattan, all powerful, you know, black man. So I think that it's kind of in conversation with those other two characters. And it's something where it's like, you know, that's our fantasy. Our fantasy is to produce um, a black person who is, who, you know, bullets can't hurt him in real life. They can hurt you. But in, in, in his fantasy they can't hurt this guy. So I think that it's, um, I think that it's kind of a, of, of a piece with that. And um, again, that just, it kind of speaks to the moment that we're in.
0: That's a really great point. Um, like, I totally agree that it's, it. it's easy to forget that a lot of what we watch is um, fantasy, right? If it's scripted, if it's a show like this, like, there's no reason that we don't write it to be, oh yeah, like we don't have to have shows that are predominantly white. Like that's not what real life looks like. Like what let's, if we want to, we want to apply that like, oh, we want this to be not like real life. Like real life is terrible. Let's make this better. Like let's show representation here. Let's, you know, make the bulletproof black man. Like, I think that is a, a phenomenal point um that you made in that so something that I'll probably consider as I like watch different shows like oh what's appealing about oh it's not like real life <laughs> so that's a which we we use a lot of this is like escapism so escapism might as well be something to aspire to like getting to a point where it's like yeah you black people don't have to be afraid of like being shot by the police or we don't have like targets and it's not a, um, it's not as big of a concern and black people do become like quote unquote bulletproof, but not, I mean, obviously we can't all become superhuman. Like none of us can that I know of on this planet. <laughs> but Like if you, if you, you the listener know of a way to become like superhuman please let us know i'd love to interview you it'd be so interesting but um
1: come on come on culture check
0: like do a deep dive like how's this going what have you done have you become a vigilante um and if so what city did you pick which city are you destroying
1: i think also um Yes, please reach out to us if you're if you're a superhero we we'd love to talk to you we would i think also um just kind of going along with like the the black superhero piece it's just like i've just i've really been fascinated with that recently where it's just like you know we we you know a superhero a white superhero can just be a superhero right like superman okay. can just be him um even though he's i mean he's from a different planet right but like he can he can navigate his life he can navigate his superhero life without worrying about race. Yeah. Whereas like a black superhero, like you're still, (laughs) even if you're a superhero, you're still black first. Like that's kind of just like the way the society works. Um, Like that's, that still informs your, um, that informs your, your superhero work in a way. Um, And you can't just like, you can't really escape that. And I think that Watchmen really like, really comments on that well and kind of shows it in a, in a new light. And then when you talk about like the conversations that we're having now, I just, I also hope going back to what we said earlier, you know, people in positions of power, um, you know, people, people who are super racist, like infiltrating these positions of power. Like that's a, that's a real, that's a thing that this show is, um, show hinges on and that's also happening. Um, in our, in our world. And it's, it's happened for, you know, for centuries here and, you know, police departments and school boards and city councils. And, you know, they're filled with like really racist people. And we're seeing that, like we talked about the Capitol with, you know, people in police departments going to, to put on makeup and storm through and uh try to take hostages at the Capitol. Like these aren't random people. These aren't like the fringe people of society, these are people with jobs in your neighborhood in positions of power um, who have, you know, clan hoods in their basement, but they're the police chief. Like, again, Watchman was really prescient with that. And that has to be, um, that has to continue to be at the forefront of these conversations that we're having.
0: I agree with that. I think that that is something that is very easy to miss because it's once it's out of sight, out of mind, if someone is behaving in a certain way and like they're in a position of power they're a police chief or they're um an elected official and they're just like well I like want to help this community and it's like well everyone has to say that they want to help um marginalized communities like you look like a jerk if you're like yeah I want (laughs) to I want a job where I'm assisting the public but like nah, fuck them kids, like, no, you can't, you can't do that, you have to, like, all of them are gonna say, yeah, I would, I wanna, like, help these disenfranchised communities, like, do you, though? (laughs) Like, like, you have the language, and, like, that's a thing, a lot of them, like, get the language, but, like, the language doesn't always translate to, like, understanding, like, someone could say that and still be like, yeah, I wanna help these people, but, like, I I still think it's okay that like I have a Confederate flag. Like I I'm using the Confederate flag as an example because, uh, I think people know that the the white hoods are associated with the KKK and people don't want to be associated with that necessarily, but they want to be associated with the Confederate flag, which <clears throat> is the same thing. But like <laughs> it's it's fine. Um. But, yeah, people have those the the figurative white hood. And so it's like, don't just listen to the language that anyone could learn. Like anyone can just pick up these words that are like the social justice warrior, quote unquote words. Like anyone can do that if they're trying to get into a position of power. Like it has to people need to question those people more and like, how are they acting after? A riot like last week happened how were they acting during the black lives matter protests like during and after like what what were their responses was it very like lukewarm like no yeah like whatever or like the property damage like right people have their tells in their language as well it's just not always as easy to pick up
1: i think that um you know it's just this it's fun, this the show came out 2 years ago but it's still like it's like the perfect show for you know it January is. 21 you know so um it. again if you if you haven't watched the show it's i mean it's essential you got it it's only one season it's i think it's 8 or 9 episodes um watch it cuz it's it's phenomenal any other any final thoughts on on watchman
0: um I it's not a thought like I think we we got through a lot of like the the cultural significance of Watchmen and like what it's an awesome show like even if you don't care about how it's culturally significant to this moment we are in now and have been in for the last couple of years um it's a phenomenal show it's very well done there's there are so many plots that are like going on yeah that we didn't we didn't even touch on all the different plots um (laughs) We we focus kind of on the, the overarching like how's this relevant to today's society, but like there's there's so many interesting things, and I and they did such a good job of like it doesn't always feel like it's a sci-fi or fantasy merged into um, real life. Like it, they did it very seamlessly, where like this logically makes sense in this universe. Of course, like if. Squids were raining out of the sky, I would wonder what drugs I was on, but like <laughs> <laughs> kind of the response from people like when they're just like, "Oh, I can just pull over and like wipe them off and like continue on with my day, like I'm inconvenienced, but like it's not super frilly, like, oh, what is this um very i like I thought it was super enjoyable, Gina King, such a badass, and then um i my last question to you is about. Uh, when Angela eats the egg. And for folks who need a reminder or, like, don't care about spoilers, <laughs> um, Dr. Manhattan can, like, transfer his powers into organic uh materials. And, like, when Angela and Dr. Manhattan, like, meet in Vietnam, and, like, she talks about that, so she's like, well, hypothetically, you could put all of your powers into an egg. And he's like, yeah, yes. So then... He dies at the end of Watchmen. Sorry, again, spoilers. We've (laughs) been warned repeatedly throughout this. So she comes home after, like, her house has been attacked and, like, everything's destroyed, but there's one egg. Like, she had dropped eggs out of the refrigerator and only one egg didn't break. And so she eats it, and then, like, it's the, like, very end of the show. She's, like, walking out to the pool to go step, Either walk on water or like sink. Do you think that the egg had the his powers in it, and that she got them? And like, if they were to, they're not going to make another season. But if they were to do that, she would have his powers and like continue on to be a vigilante.
1: My read on it is 100. Yes, she okay. got the powers. That's my. I I think that she did. And yeah, I've, I've read about, you know, I know that Lindelof said that he's not going to do another season. He was like, I think it'd be interesting to see like if a black writer or black show creator took yeah. up the mantle and did it themselves and like what that would look like. But I think that he talked about, um, I think it was him or it might've been Regina King, but I, I read about it where it was like, you know, um, Regina King's grandfather was played by um, Lou Gossett, I think um, on the show, but he's like, you know, Dr. Manhattan could have done more, right? Like with, you know, and that's, again, if you're a black superhero, you're black first still. Yes. You know, any other superheroes, superhero first, but if you're a black superhero, you're a black person first. And so what would it look like for Angela, who I think, I think it's assumed like she would be, she would do more than, than Dr. Manhattan did. Dr. Manhattan like made a choice to like kind of step back from society to, you know, Receive from using his powers, but what would it look like for you know Angela to have those powers and like make the decision like okay, I'm gonna go out there and and make a difference um in the in the best way that i can so i I would love to see that and he you know give me more Regina King, give me more watchmen like I think that would be dope. What do you think
0: I think that she did get his powers, and it would have been it'd be cool if they did another season um i'd be interested to see what issue they focus on like i think once she has the powers like she can just be like all right we're gonna get rid of the the white supremacist like (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you say anything that's like even slightly racist we're gonna investigate you and find out like what's going on um so i i would be interested to see like what social issue became the the focus of the season and that's not to say that, like, racism would no longer be an issue. Like, that's right. unfortunately just, like, the nature of it. But because it's just such a uh, well-done storyline and they can do so much with it, it'd just be interesting to see what they... Would they address, like, the the issues of, like, nuclear power? Like, oh, like, do we have, like, some power issues? And, like, what if we destroy the world? Like, I would I would be interested to see if they kind of pivot in that direction. <clears throat> Yeah, she definitely got the powers.
1: I want to see it, man. I, I I hope that something comes along and they're able to to do that. So I don't know, we'll see. But I think it would be incredible.
0: It, it, you never know, HBO money—they can make anything happen.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, any other thoughts on Watchmen?
1: Um, read the book if you're if you're into graphic novels. Um, it's really good. It's dense. It's um. It'll it's a it's a thick book. It'll take you a while, but it's still really good. And it's it's interesting to see like the changes and the um the stuff that's influenced by um by the book in the in the show. So definitely you can skip the movie, but definitely definitely read the book and and watch the show. It's uh yeah, we we've we've got a couple more. So again, this is the this is the start of our TV series. Um, we've got a we've got a couple more coming for a couple more episodes on on tv and i guess you know next week we're going to be talking about lovecraft country so really very yeah really excited to talk to you about that one and, and get into that
0: gonna be fun thank you all for listening we'll talk to you next week
1: thanks everyone